Okay, guys, we are here with the amazing Tom Kennedy, who I've been geeking out on for years, years. The first oh. time I actually heard you was on um, Dave Weckl's album Synergy. Oh, wow. And I was li listening to it, I was listening to it on the train, I thought, I'll listen to some Tom down on the train to the studio, so I've been listening to you this morning, That's Tom. That's amazing. But just in case you don't know who Tom is, you were born in St. Louis, um, son of a professional trumpet player. In fact, your whole family were musicians, Everyone, weren't they? You, yes. were, you had no choice. That's right. You were, you were always going to be That's a musician. Right. Yeah. Right. Started out on acoustic bass at age nine. I didn't even know that they made them small enough for a night. Was it just a sort of like... They a, didn't. It was huge. Did you just... You reached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you were just an abnormally tall nine-year-old, possibly. I used to lean it down like that to play it. Oh, really? But, yeah. yeah, wow. Took up electric um, aged 17, and by 18... Check this out. By 18, you played with Dizzy Gillespie, Stan Kenton, George Russell, Nat Adley, Peter Erskine, and Freddie Hubbard, and probably a ton of other people. Man, you must have been good. Anyway, moved to New York in 1984, <laughs> and then you went on to record with Michael and Randy Breck with Steps Ahead, Aldi Miola, Mike Stern, who we'd just been hanging with, Steve Kahn, Joe Sample, Steve Lukather, um, Dave Sanborn, yeah, I mean, so many others. Then, obviously, with Dave Weckl as well, and you've recorded five solo records. You've been busy, yeah. Tom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how did you find? Too. Yeah. How did you end up finding the bass in the first place? The the upright. When did you get started with that? It's 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 sounds like a cliche, but the bass found me. It would it was really amazing the way it happened. My brother was in middle school, and he was tall. Yeah. And they were looking for a bass player for the orchestra at school, and he was the only guy in school tall enough to play this instrument. Yeah. And so she said, you know, and, and everybody knew, you know, about his musical prowess, mm. you know, and he was, he could do, he could play anything. Was he doing. killing already at that time? That oh, time, yeah. ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, already playing great jazz piano. Yeah. And so he brought the bass home to practice. And they said, well, you know, you have the weekend to learn the bass and then you start with the orchestra on Monday. And that's the way it was. Yeah, yeah. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll take it home. And so I walked in the house and nobody was home and I walked into the, the music room where there was normally just a piano and here's this thing, yeah. you know, on the ground, sideways on, on, on the ground, one of, one of the sides. And I just stood there and stared at it for like 10 minutes. You know, and I was afraid to touch it, you <laughs> yeah, know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this isn't mine. I yeah. don't know what this is. You know, I knew what it was in theory. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it took probably 10 to 15 minutes for me to get up the nerve. And I walked over and I took the A and I pulled the A and I heard that mm. sound. Yeah. And, and it, the floor moved. And it really, earth moved for me, man. And that was and, it. And that was it. And I was hooked. And it, it was that simple. Wow. It really amazing. was amazing. And you when know? you first started on the upright, were you, was it jazz straight away? Yeah. It was? Absolutely. And what facilitated that? Was it your parents? My father... And obviously your brother. Yes. My father was, you know, into jazz, and he was a jazz trumpeter, so he was into Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker and, you know, all the bop guys, and, uh, you know, had started to get us to listen to that stuff, yeah. you know, around that time. And um, 
I don't know, man. It, it was, it was, you know, and and somehow or another, my brother had heard Oscar Peterson around the same time. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So you know, he was just starting to play those records in the house. I was just starting to get a, you know, just a little bit of air of of this of this music. Yeah. Yeah. When that bass showed up, so it was just like so the timing. The I mean, it was synergy, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was really amazing. Yeah, so it felt it felt like it was meant to happen. It just it just you know it all just happened at the right time. And can you remember trying to play it? Absolutely. Can you remember thinking? Can you remember listening to let's say Oscar Peterson? Yeah. And listen to your brother, you know, geeking out on that stuff. Can you remember thinking, what's Ray Brown doing? What's this guy doing? Like, what's oh. he? You know, like how is he? Did you play any keys at the time? No, I didn't. I I I totally rebelled against being a pianist because <laughs> my my sister is an amazing you know uh very accomplished classical yeah. pianist yeah my brother was an incredible jazz pianist and i thought what's the point in another yeah. one what's not what's what's left for me yeah like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do anything new you yeah know, you know and um you know so so that was the thing but i was always drawn to bass yeah you know, it was the other thing. When I was a little kid, I used to listen to Beatles records, and my brother actually strung up a little ukulele with fat strings yeah. so that I could play the bass parts. Oh, with, really? With the so Beatles you, records when I was five, you. six years yeah. old. Amazing. You know, so I was when just you, into it. When you were playing the upright, how did you actually start con- to construct lines? Did you start learning songs first? Was it standards? Yeah, we'd, we we uh, swinging shepherd blues was the first thing my brother and I ever played together, okay. and it was cool because we had a recording of this. And there was a guy, you know, I don't know who it was on the original recording, but yeah. he was playing bass and he had gut strings. Man, it was a yeah, very yeah, old yeah, sound. Yeah. Great, great old sound, you know. And so that was fascinating just to hear the sound of the of the instrument. Like yeah. that was huge, you know. And he played like a little solo. He'd like like had oh, one really? chorus yeah. of a yeah. bass solo yeah. on it. So my brother said, Okay, well, okay, so over the weekend learn this. You know, just learn this thing. Yeah. No, so for I no did. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. did. And and then he uh, he said, okay, I'm listening to these these uh, Oscar Peterson records, and there's this guy named Ray Brown that plays the bass on them. I want you to start learning this, you know. And something about you know, it's it's interesting because all of my you know my brother and sister both perfect pitch. Yeah, I have perfect pitch, and so we never thought about the obstacles of playing. Right, like we never yeah. considered that we couldn't do it. Yeah. So if if I was told to Learn something, I just did it, and I didn't yeah. think about it, you know. But I remember, you know, learning the line, but then going back and listening to it and going, oh, there's so much more to this mm. than just the notes, yeah. you know. Yeah. But that's basically how I started getting some facility on the, on the instrument. I can't tell you that, I would, that any of my fingerings were correct. Yeah, because I was just yeah. making it up as I, and a lot of it was just dragging yeah, you were just my li- listening hand. to the records like and dragging and, the under. But I was always trying to get the sound that he got. Right, I got you. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I was I was conscious of that. But as far as technique, that that came later. Yeah, because there's Absolutely. nobody to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's really important. Pretty Some much, might be yeah. Watching this YouTube day. wasn't around. Yeah, those exactly. Days, you you know? would just like listen yeah. to the records and hear this big thuddy sound, and you're trying to recreate that as a kid. Yeah, and it only you know I only kind of started figuring that out when I went out and heard some bass players. Actually, right, my, my yeah. parents took me out to hear some. Guys so, play, was there a good know? music scene around that around the area? There, so there was, was people to check out. St. Louis always had a good jazz scene, you know, and there were always there weren't you know it wasn't like New York, but there were always several guys on each instrument that were good yeah. players yeah. that you could hear, and there was one guy specifically named Jerry Cherry. 
<laughs> Jerry Cherry. Yes. Nice. And he was a phenomenal bass player. Phenomenal in the sense of feel, time, notes. Had no technique on the bass. Didn't play with the right technique. So yeah. I started picking up what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. So I went from no technique to no technique. Yeah. yeah. But a different no technique. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked, and and so so there was a growth. There was definitely a growth, and the inspiration of hearing this guy play. Yeah. You know, was incredible, and I was so God. I'm I'm so lucky. You know, I was so blessed to have this guy. You know, he he just kind of came out yeah. of nowhere. And when did you get like the fingerings and stuff together? When did that happen? I finally started. Uh, I decided I was going to get into the the youth symphony, Got and it. I went to audition. And they said, well, "You're playing the notes right, but what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, like like the bow sounds good and the fingering sound good, but what are you doing with your hand?" Yeah. And they said, "You know, you really should go to a teacher, you know, and try and try to get that try to get the technique." So I went to a guy for you know, five or six lessons. And he kind of showed you how to and navigate he showed around. Me and, he, and he said, you know, he said, just play for me. And I played and he goes, I don't know how you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. He goes, it's great. I don't know what, it you, should what you're sound doing. It bad, but it sounds great. It yeah. sounds great, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, yeah. Said, he said, I can't show you anything, but I will show you, the you know, where to put your hand and you'll figure out the rest. Yeah, yeah. And what other bass players were you listening to at that point, other than Ray Brown? Well, Ray Brown was, was huge, Mingus. You know, yeah. I was getting into him because I I thought it was just so crazy and and cool and yeah. you know it's just just amazing. And um, trying to think, um, a little bit of Scotty, you yeah. know, not enough. I I I, I listened to an album called Explorations with Bill Evans. Yeah, I was going to say with Bill Evans. Yeah, and it was uh, Scotty had borrowed a bass, as I understand. Yeah, um, and it wasn't his normal bass, so he really wasn't you know playing with a facility that he normally played. Yeah. It was a beautiful record. Yeah, because he had an amazing facility, didn't he? Oh, like amazing. crazy. Incredible. Like he did some like huge jumps. Incredible. Like crazy. Yeah, yeah, crazy. But he, you know, didn't play with a lot of facility on that record. Yeah. But it they were, you know, they were just gorgeous tunes. And the sound of the bass was amazing. It must have been a really hard to play. Yeah. It had a huge sound. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this big bottom. And 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 so I was just taken by that. You know, but it was all for me back in those days. It was all about getting a big sound yeah. and getting the hump and whatever you want to call that—the attack on yeah, the instrument. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. so worried about how to get around the, the facility, instrument. which is crazy for you to say. Because if anybody's seen you play, they will know that you've got like a special seventh gear that no, no, no wow. other, nobody else has got. Basically, <laughs> that's the first thing that when I heard you well, on the, you. on that synergy record, there's. There's some crazy, like at points, I was just like, "How that? How is he pulling off that thing?" And and I, I've spoken to you before about it. I couldn't see obviously anything because there was no YouTube, so I'm just listening to this thing. And then when I first checked you out on YouTube, I was like, "Oh, he's actually navigating around the neck in a really unique way right. that feeds directly into this upright background." Yeah, I play upright on electric. That's that's my secret. Yeah. That's my big dark, you yeah. know. And we'll we'll get into that. Like I want yeah. to ask you all the questions. Oh, sure. But yeah. in terms of like when did you first like start playing the electric? Uh I was 17. I I was, you know, my father had a music store. Yeah. In Maplewood, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. Mm. And we were 
there one Friday night, and we always stayed open late on Friday, and I hated it. I didn't want to work in the store. I wanted to be home playing the bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, honestly. I mean, that's all I could think. I used to draw pictures of the bass when I was, <laughs> when I was sitting at the store, like, yeah. like just imagining playing the <laughs> yeah. instrument, you know. Yeah. And a guy came in, man. I guess we were open until 9 o'clock, and a guy came in at 8.55. Oh, nice. Comes walking in, <laughs> and we're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. And my father was... A real store owner. I mean, he yeah. he was you know he was a small business and he wanted all the business he could yeah, get. And he yeah. thought, well, you know, I'm gonna stay open. For He's this not gonna guy. kick the guy out, yeah. Yeah, and the guy comes in and he and he said, yeah, can I see that that uh, jazz space copy over there? You know, I don't mm-hmm. know remember what the brand was, yeah. but he sat down and he started doing this and he started playing with the thumb and and he was he was popping. Yeah. And I had no idea. Is that the first time you'd seen any, anybody first do that? First time I'd seen anybody play, any interest in looking at an electric bass. Yeah. You know? I used to take them and, and, and I'd put them on the counter and play them like this. Go, yeah. Like an yeah, upright, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. All, that's all the function yeah. the electric bass had for me at that yeah. point, you know? So this guy started doing this. And oddly enough, that's what got me into electric bass. So it was nothing about, you didn't hear Jacko, and you were like, oh, no. I need to transfer this no, to the no, thing. No, 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 no. It, it wasn't was, anything like that, and it wasn't really, you know, anybody that I heard playing fingerstyle. It was out and out slapping and fucking. It was yeah. slapping, and that was the thing that kind of got me interested in this thing. Yeah. And then I remember it was it was crazy. It was, it was another, like, one of these timely things. We used to play music in the store, you know, and, and we'd turn it up when nobody was there, you yeah. know. And it was like, I think it was two or three days later, this Jean-Luc Ponte thing comes on with Ralph Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing yeah, bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ralph actually had a solo on this tune. And he's and it's like this C to F thing. It's just yeah. a real simple thing. And he was just killing it. You know? Because he kept playing like kind of like studio bop lines and stuff like bop that. Bop lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the electric. Yeah. And he and he and he kind of had that that same kind of feeling like he was playing vertically, right. like like okay. upright. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But I heard that, I'm like, okay, this is yes, you can do that on electric. Yeah. You you know, there are things that you can actually do. So now it's interesting. Yeah, and now that's when you first started playing. When you were 16 to 17 then, right? Yeah. I was 17, probably. And you were play, pretty much playing professionally at the time as well, obviously. Oh, all yeah. the, yeah, six nights a week. Yeah. Six nights a week? Yeah, going yeah. to school and playing six nights a week, sure. Yeah, that was amazing. That was the thing, man. We, we were just, I don't remember those years. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really, it was crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I would wake up and I was just exhausted. And then and then do the whole thing over again. Yeah, it worked all right, all right out for you. Oh know? man, it was. I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know? Exactly. That's what I tell students. You know, yeah. when I when I talk to them, it's it's you know you really have to be exhausted. Yeah. And you have to do all. You have to have all of these elements to really become the player that you want to be. Yeah. You know, if you want to be like someone, you gotta kind of have that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and do the whole thing. Yeah. And you know, with the with the electric, when you first started playing it. Were you just going after the funk thing? Oh. The greatest thing that happened that night, and I didn't mention this, was the guy was walking out of the store. He plays it for about four or five minutes, and I'm standing there, my jaws dropped, yeah. you know, and I'm like, what is he doing? And he puts, he gives me the bass, and I said, man, how are you doing that? What, you know, what is that? And he said, buy a Larry Graham album, and he, and he was gone. And I never saw him again. <laughs> and the next day, I went you and bought it, yeah. four Larry Graham records. Yeah. And I remember I heard the jam. Oh, 
I put on, yeah, and that was a life changer. And that me. was, it, and yeah. then I became like this this funk guy. I mean, I just, I just, you know, I, I think I bought the bass that he was playing from the store, and I took yeah. it home and started. Did you do the do same that. thing with electric th that you did with upright? You just obsessed with it. You would just learn everybody's Absolute, lines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still an obsession. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you think about it, that that never goes away. Yeah. You know, I think that's why we're we're such we're such maniacs. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there has to be an obsession with. Well, I think it takes a certain type of focus. Yes, and obsession to get really good good on any right. instrument, really. You know? Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, that's, that's why. Right. That's why we're all a little odd. Oh boy, a little. <laughs> yeah, you know. But 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 then I started figuring out. You know, I started hearing other guys playing with fingers. Yeah, and then that was a whole thing. And you know, around that time, then I heard Stanley Clark, and that ruined my life because then I well, then I heard facility. On Return to Forever, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Light as a Feather yeah, was, was yeah. the album, and I just it changed. You know, that, yeah. that was another, you know, yeah, um, defining when, moment. I want to talk about how you play. Yeah, this this thing that you do because it fascinates the hell out of me. And if anybody hasn't seen this before, how can you describe? If you wanted to kind of encapsulate it and show people how you actually navigate it around the neck, how would you do that? Well, I think it's you know it's it's as simple as as. Instead of, you know, most people play across like this. Yeah. So, so I try to play as, as much in the open string area as possible. For me, that's the prettiest sound. So you use a lot of open strings, A right? lot of open strings. Yeah. yeah. I just like the clarity of the sound. Yeah. It was, it was you know, I've tried it a, a lot of different ways, and I've actually had people, you know, I'll be playing Southern... Yeah. Something like that, and I'll have somebody, and somebody say, "Oh, play it on the play it up here," you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But for me, you know, I can. That's clear. Yeah. And and so it wasn't it wasn't just about incorporating upright technique on the electric. It was just realizing that it sounds nice. It's the sound as well. It's, yeah. it's kind yeah. of the sound I want to get on the on the instrument. And I thought, well, how uh, you know. How fortunate is that that yeah. I can already do it? Yeah, you know, yeah. after playing the upright, I just kind of apply that to the electric bass. Yeah, you know, oh. instead of playing across the neck, so yeah. I'm, I'm playing up and down, which is challenging. Yeah. So know? when you go, do you sometimes like go up the D string, or is it always up the G string when it's, you do it? Well, it's it's basically the two. I mean, it depends. It depends on the line I'm playing. It depends you on know? the line. But, but yeah. across, you know, off, you know, you yeah. Know? You know, but I always try to gravitate here. Right. I always try it, to yeah. get to here, and it's more it's more of a timbre, you know, sound yeah. perspective for me. Yeah. You know. Plus, I'm you know I'm I've I when I hung out my shingle, as they say, mm. you know, I did that as a bass player, and so I wanted you know I wanted my soloing technique to, to kind of still be in that market. Got you know, yeah, in that, yeah, yeah, in that, yeah. In that spot. Yeah. But do something that's melodic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for me, it just seemed to make more sense. I can stay lower here. Yeah. 
you know, and still play lines that I like to hear that are that are you know more horn kind of kind yeah, of ideas. Yeah, they're really horn lines. There's a lot of chromaticism in them. Yeah. Isn't and there? then I and then I can move up the neck when as as need be. Yeah. You know, I played trumpet for a long time, and and so for me, I I would always there there was a, there was a sweet spot in the range of the horn that I would play. Yeah. And then I would go up for the high notes, and I'd have to. You know, I'd have to go you. bear yeah. down a little bit. Yeah. So I think of this as bearing down. Oh, right. Same same you know? kind of approach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it kind of is. And know? when you come down as well, down that G string or down the D string, it seems so chromatic. And I'm sure that that's because of the lines you're playing. But it is, is it also facilitated by the open strings that you seem to drop in so beautifully. And I wish I could do it. Oh, man. <laughs> well, but, play upright. Is that you know, the deal? You, so you play upright. I don't, don't play upright. Oh, you should. You, every, you know, I, I, I tell electric players they should own an upright. Really? Because if you own an upright, you're going to fall in love with that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the nature of it. Just, you know? Yeah, it's the, the wideness of the... It is, yeah. It's, it's the, the organic sound, it, yeah. and it's always there. You don't have to turn anything on. Yeah. And it has, you know, you put it, put it in the corner, and it sounds beautiful. Yeah. You know, and it has that, that big attack. You know, I have every student that I've ever... I've ever had has bought an upright, and they're now they play like fifty-fifty. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you also get more gigs. Well, yeah, <laughs> heck yeah. If, if you could, oh man, yeah. yeah. When you were uh, that's, that's that's a perk. <laughs> yeah, it's, a it's, perk, it's a perk, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it sure is. When you're thinking about the actual harmony on the fretboard and when you're playing, obviously coming from an upright background, I know like a lot of friends, they think more in notes. So if it's like an F7, they're thinking, you know, they've got like the F and the A and the yeah, E flat. Like are you, you don't think like that. <laughs> what are you thinking? Because a lot of electric players think more pattern orientated. Right. Like what are you thinking when you're, say somebody says F7? First of all, I don't think. You know, I, I don't look at it as a as a thought process. Yeah. It's it's an organic spiritual thing that happens in the music. If if I could if I could you know verbalize what happens, it's it's this quest for a melody. Mm. It's it's a quest for a melody that's going to sound good over whatever yeah. chord change. But it's a very organic thing, and that's where the pitch thing comes in. Got you know, it. it's yeah. it's handy because I I can immediately hear what the chord is. Yeah, you know, and then I I just have the freedom, you know, to your play. hands are or your facilities at such a point that when you hear that, you're, well, I'm already there. You gravitate, yeah. your hands gravitate to yeah, you know, it gravitates it gravitates to two things, and then and then I have a choice of things, or maybe I won't do those things. You mm. know, maybe maybe I'll go a different way. Yeah, you know, but I know basically I have my hand over you know, the correct harmony. But I, don't, I definitely don't think about that. Yeah. You know, I think we have to learn to forget yeah. a lot of things, you know. It's Charlie Parker always said, you know, get, get your technique happening, you know, get all this stuff, and then forget all that bullshit and play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, that, and that's really true. Yeah. It's yeah. really true, you um, know. But you, you have to have the, you, you have to put in the time. Yeah, you've got to have know? the kind of like the yes. melodies and learn other people's melodies. And did you do like transcribing? Absolutely, a yeah. lot. Yeah, absolutely. Was it horn lines? And, yeah, I didn't yeah. do bass players. It was horn lines. Very yeah. much, unless it was something that I, you know, Niels Henning, I transcribed yeah, yeah, some yeah, of yeah, his stuff just yeah. because 
You know? Yeah, because why not? It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, same way with Stanley. You know, but it, but um, yeah, most most of it was Freddie Hubbard and uh, some Mike Brecker, and oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. and just various guys. Some Steve Grossman, which was really interesting stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, and. Um, you know, it's it all just, it fits, and, and it's cool because you play your solos and you notice, like, horn players looking because they, they can identify. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's kind of in their wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely, you know? yeah. And so, yeah. so they kind of identify to yeah. it. You know? Well, it makes sense when I listen to you because you kind of got that horn, it's like the slurs and the pull right, or something. Right. Well, that's like, the other thing, yeah. Because it sounds, like, really horn-like when you do that. Like, what is it that you're doing? Obviously, it's just, like, that... I'm glad you brought that up because it is a lot of ghosting. It's it's also dynamic, right? Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, instead of thinking, you know, in eighth notes, playing everything even, I'll accentuate every other one. The yeah, offbeats. it's definitely not even. It's yeah, yeah. You know, and it's the it's the way horn players will swing the notes. It's also yeah. the the duration of the notes, the yeah. way they do them. You know, so most of them will be long, and then they'll throw a short one in there. Yeah. You know, like just for an accent or whatever, and and you don't hear a lot of string players play like that. You know, I mean, they're more these days. Yeah, absolutely yeah. more these days. You know, but but it's 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 not as much about the limitation of the instrument as it used to be. Yeah. Do you, do you, you think know? the way that you move around the fretboard facilitates that legatoness as you move down? Absolutely, you, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can't I can't really explain that, but you know. <laughs> But see, it's also because I have the help of the open strings, right, okay. and I've got I've got this range down here which sustains more. Right. Okay. You yeah, know, it's yeah. just it's cleaner. So I'm always playing in a spot. That's that's why I don't. You won't see me playing over here that much. Yeah. Because it's you know unless I want you want, that I want something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know this is clean all the way up. The D string is clean all the way up and down. Yeah. You know, and then and then all of this down here is clean. Yeah. You know, I call it the clean zone. It's 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 <laughs> it's funny. I actually have a term. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. And if it if it doesn't fall into that zone, it doesn't really feel like me. Yeah. So it's know? it's a balance, isn't it? It's sort of like you're balancing what the, like the upright technique, but your that balances with the the actual sound that you love. So you love the open strings, and you like it to be really clean as you move up, and really yeah. yeah. And another thing that was interesting, I was playing, I was doing a session about 15 years ago, and I'll never forget this, man. It was some guy that, I don't know if he played an instrument or what, but he was producing this thing, and he said, um, okay, uh, let's try that one more time. He said, he said, it feels like you're playing a little hard. See if you can find the sweet spot, you know, where, where the string, you know. Yeah. And I, it kind of pissed me off. You know, that the guy was saying that yeah, to me, yeah. you know, but I thought about it. Well, did he think you were just digging in too much? He thought I was digging in a little bit much, but, you know, I took it and I, and I, and I started experimenting, you know, after the session, mm. you know, I started kind of messing around and I found that that was, that was right. Yeah, you know, there, yeah. there actually is a place where the, where the string sounds good and it, and it varies, you know, from instrument to instrument. You know, so, yeah, it's so like would, the upright, isn't it? It's, yes, it's, it and it's it maybe something that's more thought about on the upright than the electric because the electric, yeah, like people tend to just, you know, they play it and that's how they play it. But whereas the upright, everybody knows you've got to get the sound. It's all about the sound, isn't it? Right. Where it actually does exist on the electric as well. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. It definitely does. Yeah, I used to overplay like crazy. You know, we were talking about an, a, a record that I did with Dave Weckl a long time ago, Rhythm of the Soul. 
yeah, yeah. That was the first. Yeah, Dan was mentioning it earlier. Oh, Dan's giving his yeah, he's loving it. And man, I remember playing the zone, and I was. You know, I was playing that hard on on that yeah. on that recording. Wow. You know? And I don't play like that anymore. That's you know? bizarre that you've changed, yeah. I mean, because now you're really yeah. light. Aren't yeah. You? How would you play it now? Well, I you know, it's probably with the same intensity, and that's the other thing. It's a it's a technique here. Yeah. That but. It, and yeah. that's about half about the, half, the yeah. half of that. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I I can still get the same. You know the same intensity out of yeah. the note. You know? You've got crazy but, ghost notes as well. I've noticed that. <laughs> oh, that's that's my thing, man. Like, that's that's I love that. When did who's the first person you had doing that, and how did you develop that in your own playing? Uh, shout out to a couple of people, but um, it's it's really it's a you know with, with especially with Dave, my my great friend Dave Weckl. Yeah. You know who you started playing with when you were fifteen. Oh <laughs> yeah, we're we're brothers, you know. Yeah. But he. You know, there there was a way that 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 he played that you know he, there there were a lot of ghost. There's a lot of ghosting in his playing, but it's a very smooth overall thing that doesn't sound like it's ghosting at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of brings those things up. It percolates. Yeah. You know, and so when we started playing together, especially, it just it kind of just I would hear these things. You know, it was very subliminal things that yeah. were going on, and maybe things that I wasn't hearing him play that I wanted to kind of add in. Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of where it all began. Wow. You know, and then another shout out is Jay Oliver, Go who uh, who was another friend that I've we've I knew Jay when I was twelve. Yeah. Back in St. Oh, Louis. Oh, really? Yeah. And Jay used to do a lot of production things, and and when MIDI was big. Mm. When everybody lost their jobs in the studio because everybody was doing the MIDI <laughs> stuff, Jay was like programming these amazing bass lines, and he had a lot of the like those little pops. Oh, and, yeah, the little, and things. Oh, yeah, that, you know, like all the ghost, ghosty yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And that really taught me a lot. You know, it was very eye-opening that you can you can add that stuff in, and it's subliminal. You don't really notice. Yeah. You don't notice it's there. And how did you get? But it, like, but it raises the, it raises the feeling. Oh yeah, it's got, it's yeah, almost it's, like a baseline and a percussion bay in the background. It is. Yeah. That's Can you right. give people an example of what we're talking about? Because somebody's probably sitting there thinking, "What are they talking about? These ghost notes?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know. But if if you hear that, you know, if when you hear that with a drummer, just yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. so so a lot of that stuff is is just kind of underneath. Yeah, it's subliminal, isn't it? It just adds to the groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's sixteenths or eighths, depending on what it is that you're that you're playing, of course. And are you yeah. just lifting off lifting off your fingers, and then that hands just? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a combination of of playing, you know, consecutive notes, and then playing across yeah. the strings. You know, it's it's. Like endless combinations. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's like it's like doing this. You know, yeah, it really is. Because I kind of gave that up after a while. Man, there are too many cats that played that do that (laughs) way better than me. You know, and and who am I kidding? You know, but I but I and I also came from more of a jazz background, so I wanted to kind of be able to incorporate that thing, sort of, you know, in the fingers with the funk. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of what I what I kind of hope to do to accomplish. Sounds killer. It sounds killer.
Like, think talking about jazz, actually, I know that you, you've, we've talked about it before and you said that um, you're not a huge fan of um, straight-ahead jazz on on electric, but you obviously... Oh, I... Yeah, yeah but, I but obviously you, you know, you still play walking lines on your electric as you were just early with Mike. Right. Um, when you're doing that, what, what can you, what can electric players do other than go out and buy an upright? Because obviously that would be the, <laughs> that'd be the best, that'd be the best uh, <laughs> thing that's to that's do. That's number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We know o- that. Other than doing that, how, how to emulate that feel of an upright player on the, on the electric? Well, and something I've seen you do is these like pull-offs articulations oh, absolutely. and stuff like but, that. But it's also getting a, a sort of trying to get as much of an upright sound as you can. So I get, I get away from this immediately. So you, you come know, right I over go the up neck, here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and come up to where to where it's sort of, you know, if you think about the the way the upright is set up, you know, the bridge is here and the tailpiece is down here, so yeah. you got that much more string. Yeah. So actually, you are playing at about this, you yeah, know, at this at this level. Yeah. So it's where it's where the string is soft, so you get you get a softer. It's a rounder tone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you play down here. Which is great. It I mean, sounds great, it's, but it's not. It's got that, a great sound, yeah. but it doesn't have that big, yeah, that big doghouse kind of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and also, if when you're doing that, it makes it makes the pull-offs that you do up here a much more pronounced. Yeah. Yeah. When you were playing that, the doo 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 you know, right. is that coming from the left hand or is it coming from the right hand? It's kind of both. I'm. I'm. I'm So I'm getting a lot of a lot of it here and, yeah. and also here. Yeah. You know, and here and here. Yeah. You know. And again, lots of open strings. For lots exact, of open strings. Yeah, for that yeah. exact reason, yeah. Well, I'm the open string. Because you're like pulling off onto the open string almost, right. aren't you? That's you right. Gotta, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a little harder to be up here and, and you know, I, I've never really delved into that. It's doable. Yeah. I mean, I've seen guys do that. Yeah. You know. But for me, it's it's all about just trying to gravitate down to this... This part of the, the bass part of the bass, there. yeah, the, yeah. the, bass, the yeah, bass part yeah, of the yeah. bass, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that well, solo, anything goes. You know, that's that's the thing. Yeah. You know, I want to be a bass player first. You know, that it was interesting what Mike was saying about you know about time first, you know, baseline first, and then whatever facility you might have yeah, on top yeah, of that. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly the way I see it. What are the main kind of like key things that you're looking for in a bass player? Well, I like the the time feel is first and foremost. I think the time has to be happening, and then of course the notes. And uh, you know, if 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 the, if the bass player like plays uh, the right notes, kind of you know, so it's supportive. Yeah. And uh, and and if if he can, he's got a lot of chops, all that stuff. That's cool, but that's not what I'm looking for at first. You know. And, yeah. And, I suppose for us it's the same as when we play with a drummer, right? Yeah. You know, we're oh, not yeah. thinking about, you know, can this can this dude sort of like Crazy. get his chops out? Yeah, we're like, right. you know, can he hold down a groove? That's right. And, and sit with me on whatever we're playing, yeah. So yeah. it's exactly the same thing, isn't it? Well, it's interesting. There was a cartoon in a magazine once of a, guy, a drummer sitting there playing all this stuff and the guy's, the guy's looking on and he said, that's amazing. And then this other guy's playing a, playing time and the guy says you're hired <laughs> you know yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of that true, thing right? that's yeah. that's what we're looking for yeah yeah you know absolutely. and everybody's looking for something to play off of 
you know, and yeah. that, and and ultimately to have some kind of a conversation, musical conversation. Yeah, you know, and if somebody's talking too much, yeah, know, exactly, you know, it's, it it's, not gonna yeah. Yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. When you were working on your technique specifically on the electric, because it's so ferocious, is there anything that you did specifically that helped you get that together? Well, as I've said, I you know I transcribed a lot of stuff, which got got you know, me into hand techniques that oh, I never yeah. thought about, Yeah, you know? And I also did a lot of, you know, for, for guys starting out looking to, to you know, kind of kind of facilitate their playing, yeah. um, melodies are a great way to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially like bebop melodies and things like that. Oh, so, yeah. so I would learn a lot of those things because yeah. they're kind of all over the all over the instrument. They're all over on that, yeah. Yeah. And and it also helped me kind of you know kind of hone in that that open technique that I have too because it just it just sounded more musical to yeah, me yeah, yeah. you know it sounded more like a horn line but you know doing things like that um, and also transcribe you know you can somebody could transcribe a, a Miles Davis solo Miles yeah. was never you know never played I mean he definitely could play with great facility but yeah. but he chose to be you know to kind of take his time yeah. And that's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful for any instrument, man, to kind of try to emulate that, yeah. that I've, sensibility. I've got a know? friend who did exactly the same thing, actually. He said he got most of his technique, he said, just um, doing bop heads. He said, I got oh, that's a lot from, of it. He said, just from bop heads. It's yeah, play Donnelly like, yeah. in every key. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That'll, that'll pull you together really quick. I can't do it. You know. <laughs> I was about to say, really? No, <laughs> God, don't, don't, don't embarrass me like that. No, you know, and, and I never did that. That came along much later. Yeah. You know, I mean, when that when Jocko did that, man, I was already like, you know, doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, Jocko's effect on me was actually much later. You know, we talked about that before because yeah, you weren't so into it when, initially, were you? No, I was. Well, I was more of an upright guy, yeah. and, I, and I was more into the kind of way I wanted to play, which most musicians are. You know, when they're young, it's yeah. they want to do it their way. Yeah, and you kind of close down. You know, until you start figuring things out, and then you start opening up and listening to other guys and yeah. being influenced in other yeah, ways. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so when he, you know, I mean, I heard it when when his solo record came out. You know, I had a, a bass player friend that brought it over, and we listened to it. I'm like, yeah, that guy's got crazy chops, yeah, you know, and yeah. great time, and everything's amazing. Yeah, you know, but I, you know, you don't. It didn't change my life, you know, in the sense of wanting to play completely different. Yeah. You know, is there any players on the electric or upright? I think uprights, obviously, I, I kind of, I know it's like Ray Brown, Niels Osted Pedersen, Scott Lafaro. What about mm. the electric guys? Which electric guys changed your life? Um, gosh, well, Anthony Jackson was huge. Yeah, you know, I'd never heard anything like that. And Dave Weckl actually played me a, a Steve Kahn record called Casa Loco. Oh, no, wicked. And it's uh, Manolo Padrina's on it, and Steve Jordan is playing drums, and, and Anthony's on that thing. And it's just, it's Anthony's record. It's just man. insane. I mean, yeah. it's, it's insane the stuff that he plays yeah. and the taste, you yeah. know, that, that, he, that he plays with, you know. Abel Boreal was another one yeah, that I, you yeah. know, because I was into Lee Rittenauer, and I play with Lee now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, I grew yeah, up yeah, listening yeah, to yeah. his records, and I always loved the way Abe played. Yeah. You know, Marcus, of course. You know, what are you going to say, man? I mean, they're, they're just guys that are staples yeah, yeah, with the yeah, bass, yeah. you know? But um, I don't know. I, I think I could probably pick out one guy in each style that re that would really kind of, that you kind of stand out. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah, and Ralph was another one, man, because he, he 
bad boy, man. Yeah. What, what a great player. Would your if you were gonna gonna give sort of like one big bit of advice to young musicians coming up through the ranks or they're about to leave music school or you know that younger hot you know yeah. they're all they're all wanting to sort of like take over the world what would the one piece of advice you would tell them to well I think I think a lot of it is stop and listening to what's going on around you you know and just and just take a step back and and listen to what the other guys around you are doing. You know, everybody, everybody's going in there and they're trying to tear it up yeah, all at yeah. once, yeah. you know? And that's, and that's great, and the energy is great. But if, if you can be a little bit more mature about, you know, about kind of staying out of the way and trying to, trying to listen to what's going on around you, you'll be a lot more effective yeah. as a player, you know? Um, so, so that's one thing, and, and I, really, I really think that, you know, people shouldn't worry so much about the technique when they're when they're out there playing too. Just try mm. to make it feel good. Yeah, you know, try to find a groove first of all. You know, yeah. and then all that stuff happens around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think we're in a technique, very technique centric society these days. Yeah, you know, and it's lovely. I mean, it's great that these guys have this the the, the chops that they do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's some crazy chops out there. I've got. A, a sneaky suspicion that I think that a lot of social media drives that. Absolutely, because of course. For like a 15 second on Instagram or something like that, the the guy who's playing a million miles an hour mm-hmm. is going to get more views than somebody holding down a groove. So, And then everybody, all these young guys want to get the, all the views. They're like, I want some more views because obviously sort of like they're like, makes them feel good, I'm getting the views. So they're all kind of pushed, even maybe sometimes if they don't want to, right. they're pushed down this, I've got to play a million miles an hour yeah. because that because this guy's getting the views and this guy's getting the views, so I need to get the views. So unfortunately, I think that's why some of that's happening. I think a lot of it. Well, I know that that's online. true, and I know that a lot of guys are are having very successful careers as clinicians. Yeah, you know, yeah. great, great, you know, players yeah. with amazing facility, and these guys are doing clinics. Yeah, you know, and so it's it's a little tough to instill in a student that. You know, you have to go out and listen to a band because maybe it never occurred to them. Yeah. You know, with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. all of these Absolutely, guys, yeah. you know, all of this clinic clinical stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know, which is wonderful if it's if it's kept in perspective. It's it's a great thing, man. You know, but there's there's nothing like you said. You know, better than just sitting down and, and grooving with a with a drummer. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Or absolutely. a little trio with a. Rhodes player or yeah, guitar yeah, player or whatever, yeah, and just yeah. just finding that that amazing sweet spot where yeah. where it's just you never want to stop, you know. Absolutely, I cannot let you go, Tom, without talking about how you found Federa and the gear oh, thing. Because we're all into gear, you know, we all like a bit of gear. <laughs> They'd be like, "You had Tom, you didn't talk about gear. How did you? Well, first of all, what did you start out on when you when you were when you first I played started Fenders, electric? Fenders, yeah, yeah forever. P's and J's. P's and J's, I had a, a lot of old uh, L-series, you know, Leo Fender series, you know, jazz yeah. and precision basses, man, that I let go too, way too <laughs> cheaply. Yeah. You know, they're, they're worth a fortune these days. Yeah. But they were, you know, what, what a great, you know, opportunity to have these great instruments to play when I, when I was growing up. You yeah. Know? 
And I was playing them right up to the time that I that I met the Federals. Oh, really? Were you like Fender right right up until when you started? Yeah, playing I remember Federos, I was playing the '65 yeah. Jazz, and and I was playing. I was actually playing with Bill Connors, a great guitarist, yeah. played with Chick and all that. And and um, we did a we did a, a show of at a Nam show. We 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 were at the Dean Markley booth. Yeah, yeah. Playing and. Uh, after it was over, I packed up the bass and I was looking around. And I, I was interested in, in looking at a five-string bass. But I was trying a lot of them and I wasn't digging the feel or wasn't digging the sound, you know. Or for some reason, it just didn't feel right to me. Yeah. And I was about to leave the show and I remember I rounded the corner and I saw this little booth, said Federa. Yeah. And I saw this really, you know, just very pristine five-string, you know, sitting there. Yeah. And I thought, uh, you know... I don't think I'm going to mess with it. And then I thought, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go play, you know. <laughs> and I met Joey Laricella at yeah. that moment. Yeah. You know, and Vin was there, but he was talking to somebody else. And Joey said, uh, I said, yeah, that's a beautiful bass, man. He said, what are you playing? And I said, I got a 65 jazz. He goes, oh, that's a great axe, man. Do you want to try this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you want to try one of the basses? <laughs> sure, man. You know, it's like yeah. about a five-stringer. Let me, let me check it out. Yeah. And uh, he was great, and he plugged it in, man, and he sat there with me, and he was explaining what everything did, you know. And oh, because was it all active electronics? And it was whole... active. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was much more basic back in those days. Yeah. But, you know, it had the, ba- the separate bass and treble thing and all yeah. that. It had the circuit. And for, like, five strings, what, what, like, when was this? 80s? Right? This was 85. And were five strings, they weren't new-new, but they were still not This was the first right? five-string they built. Oh, exactly. Right. The one okay. I tried. So it was the one new. I tried out. It yeah, was, right. they, okay, yeah. they had been making sixes yeah. and fours, but they weren't they weren't making fives at that at that point. Okay, so yeah. this was like the first one they made. And I remember I sat down and I started playing, and I just like, wow, this this thing is alive. Mm. You know, it just responded to everything I played. It made everything sound better. Yeah, that's you know, the kind of instrument you want. <laughs> when I yeah, when I was I was thinking, yeah, my line, everything's coming out on this instrument. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. man. You know. And I mean, it wasn't even close with anything else, you know. And I just realized that's personal preference. That's yeah. that's what that's all about, yeah. you know. And it was I just felt like that that bass was built for me. And what did did you actually buy that bass? Well, here's the interesting thing about that. So I um, I did I I played the thing for about an hour, you know. Yeah. And I kept saying, "Man, I hope you guys don't mind, but I love this bass." And they're like, "Yeah, just keep playing, man. It's yeah. great," you know. So they said, uh, well, who are you playing with? I said, I play with Bill Connors and Dave Weckl, and we're doing, we're doing a gig uh, on the Upper West Side in a couple of nights. And they said, oh, we'll come by, you know. Yeah. And so they said, well, thanks for coming and all that, and, you know, shake hands and all that. And so we're playing the gig, and, about, and we get to the, the, the break. We play the first set, and in comes these two guys with a, with a bass bag. Oh, did they make you one? They brought the they brought bass. Oh, they, they brought, brought that the bass. bass, and they said, "We want, we want you to play this bass." Holy crap! So you're the first Federa five string. Yeah. Wow. And they basically just gave me the bass and said, "You know, play it in good health." Yeah. And I played it on the second set. Wow. You know, the the entire second set. You know, and that's and that was the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. And did you keep that bass? Was that or was that more they to have like try it, out? They have it back now. Yeah. You know, because it's it's just too valuable, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and and I have these these lovely you know signature basses that they that they made for me. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to ask you actually when it came to developing your own signature bass, 
how did that, you know, did you have any kind of preconceptions about what you wanted when you went into that conversation or were you wide open to their suggestion? I was, well, both, because I, I saw this, this body style, you know, yeah. and I thought, you know, I, I, I think the sustain would be really great to mm. have the, the added sustain and just, and just, you know, the solid feel yeah, of yeah. having having the single cutaway, yeah. you know, was the first thing that caught my eye with this. Because I was playing the, the that original five string at that time, and that was a double cutaway. Yeah, phase. yeah, yeah. Um, so the single seemed to be just a little bit more, you know, beefy meaty. or meaty, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I went into the shop and I and I played one of those, and it was, you know, and it, it yeah. just felt great. And so then we started talking about, uh, you know, preamp, and we started talking about about pickup configuration and that. Mm. And you know, it was it wasn't much more than that. You know, they, they we were talking about rosewood versus ebony, and you know, yeah. and and just kind of the way we wanted to set it up. And before I knew it, like within within an hour, we had the base designed. Really? Basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was easy. I yeah. mean, it was very easy. You know, because Vin had great ideas and, and Joey had great ideas and, and they knew better than me anyway. Well, well you know, yeah, they, they, they know their bases. instruments. Yeah, 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 you know? absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so whatever question I had, they're like, oh, I think this would be better and this would, and, and you'll love it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember yeah, Joey yeah, would yeah. always say, you'll love it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And he was right. Yeah. Man, you know. with, the, with the pickup, because this is slightly different to the original signature, isn't it? The original signature only had two pickups right. in the bridge position. Right. Which I thought when I first saw that, I was like, wow, that's pretty unique. Where mm -hmm. did that decision come from? That came from playing a Music Man Stingray and falling in love with it. Right. You know, okay. years ago, I had, I had a beautiful black Stingray for quite a few years, and I loved the sound of that piece, mm. you know. But I, was, I wasn't crazy about the weight yeah, and yeah, you know, and heavy. the preamp really because it was kind of more set up for this. You know, yeah. it was more more of kind of Mid like a scoop, scoop in the it? in yeah. the mids. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of you know do that on steroids, yeah. so to speak. You yeah. know, and so I talked to them about some some way that we could you know we could arrive at that you know that kind of configuration. Yeah. And Joey came up with this idea. Yeah. And he said, plus it's great because you have the, you have two coils in each one, so you can go to split those off and do different things. So to get the music man sound, what do you, is that the so do inner that one coils. coil from each one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. so it's this coil and this coil, the, the inner two. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can also use the bridge on its own or the what would be neck on right. its own as well. Is that yeah, correct? which is yeah. what I would do, you know. And yeah. it, and this kind of almost had a you know like a P bass sound, but yeah. it, was, it was a little too far back. Yeah. So hence the the idea of adding the. I was going to say, where did that? When did you start? When did that? When did you add this this second pickup? Uh, third pickup, should I say? I guess you know a couple of years ago. Yeah. I actually actually added this. Yeah. Because I I wanted to also be able to have a jazz, you know. Right. That jazz sound. Sensibility yeah. Two in, in, in certain yeah. in certain cases. You yeah. Know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it comes in handy for for studio work, you know, and and all that. Yeah. You know? And so do you ever use the neck just on its own? I occasionally, yeah. You do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I played a P bass for a long time, you know. So, oh, I'm a huge fan of P bass. So I, lo I yeah. love the sound of that. So it's yeah. nice to be able to go back and, and do that as well. So it's really versatile. It's, it's really nice the way, the way this is designed. Yeah. And they're, you know, and, and of course, just the general build of these things is incredible. Yeah, they're, they're really nice. And this one's a bolt on, isn't it? And your original signature it's a -on, yeah. is a neck through. What's the difference for you between neck throughs and bolt-ons? Uh, I think these are a little punchier. I think the the bolt or the the neck throughs are a little smoother, you know. And I think there is a difference in sustain, but it's a different kind of sustain. Okay. Yeah. You know, I notice with with uh, neck throughs, 
there's a little bit more vibration. Yeah. You know, you yeah. feel them a little. It's it's just a better contact. Yeah. You know, with these, you get you get sustain, but it's more like a Fender sustain. Yeah. yeah. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, makes, Fender players will get that. Yeah, it course, makes total sense. Yeah. You know? And I always I always look at the other the other bass like the Cadillac. You know, it's it's you know for us guys that remember what Cadillacs are, you know, but it's it's uh, you know it's it's just smooth and it's easy to play and it responds to everything. But it's you know it's it has a kind of a mind of its own. Yeah, it yeah. seems like these are you can manipulate this instrument a little bit easier. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just in the sense of 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 the tones that you can get and 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 the you know the the punchiness. Mm. You know, it's it's it a little bit more. It's super punchy, actually. It's really punchy that bass. It is, yeah, like crazy punchy. Yeah, and that yeah. was the idea. And I'm also one of those weird guys that loves old strings. I noticed you know? that when I picked up your bass yeah, earlier. My I strings was are like, dead. oh, he's yeah. not like a string Nazi. <laughs> no, because oh, some guys like change them every week. Are you the opposite? I had. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say the last set of strings I had were almost a year old. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but and and as long as they would stay in tune, you know, and had some sustain. You yeah. know, I always gauge it by the by the bottom strings. If they start getting, if they start selling gut strings, it's yeah. time to it's time <laughs> yeah, to change. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but for me, it's it's better for the punch and also the in my my style, it just seems to work out better. I and don't is, really. Is that always the, been like that? Not always. Not always. Not is always. Is it something that's developed? Because some, on some of the stuff that I've heard you on, mm-hmm. maybe I don't, when was Synergy recorded? Oh yeah, nineties, right? Yeah. I was changing my strings back then. I was going to say they're quite zingy. <laughs> Not I was overly never zingy, crazy about that yeah, sound. Zingy, you know? yeah. I, for me, it just it just didn't seem to seem to work as well. Got you. Yeah. You know these these you know the the the, the older they get, they they develop more mid range. They they they're punchier. They just they for me they respond better to what yeah. what I play. And when you do change them, do you just like play the hell out of them until, until they sound like you want them nah, to? Nah, I put them on and I play gigs and they go dead soon yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but the amazing thing is the, the Federa makes their own string. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, and these things like last forever, and it's incredible because you can you can. It's one of the few string brands where you can change one of the middle strings and the gauge is correct. Oh, really? You know, you yeah. know how it how it goes from from yeah. set to set. Yeah. It varies some, you know. Yeah, it does. Yeah. To a certain degree, but with these, it's uh, do they make very them in consistent. the factory? Do they make them in house? Huh? Yeah, they make them in house. They do. Yeah. And Joey um, told me all about how they inspect the wire and make sure it's not twisted and, and this and that, and it's, it's very yeah. consistent. It's a great place, isn't it? If anybody gets the opportunity to go oh, to Federa, go. Absolutely. Well, maybe you don't go, actually. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be, like, a lot poorer after you go. Anyway, Tom, where do, where do we send people to, you know, stalk you online? Uh, TomKennedyMusic.com. That's, that's one. And uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. All and, the places. Uh, all the places, yeah. Boy, different world. Thank you so much for coming, man. It's been an absolute honor to meet you. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye.